0: We're going to start getting you ready for the Oklahoma Sooners spring game. It's football all of a sudden coming up on Saturday, and we're going to look at what Oklahoma softball has to do to rebound from their first loss of the season.
1: You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma
0: Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast, and we're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and... Joining me, as he does always, is Josh Helmer. You can follow Josh on Twitter, at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman and 1400 Sports Talk out of Oklahoma City. Josh, how's it going, man?
1: It's good. Had a fun day on the radio side today. Welcomed in the national champions, so had Oklahoma women's gymnastics one after another. So got to hear from the coaching staff and a bunch of the suitors that won a national championship. So I'm in great spirits. It's been a, a great day.
0: Yeah, legends in the making down over there at uh, OU Gym. So good stuff over there, I'm sure. Make sure you go check that out. You can find some of the the podcasts over on the 1400 Sports Talk app, right?
1: Sportstalk1400.podomatic.com. That's the uh, easy way to find it.
0: There you go. All right, so we're going to talk Oklahoma Spring Game coming up on Saturday at 3 p.m. in Norman. Make sure you get there. If you don't, Brent Venables might come to your house and drag you to the stadium. So he, he wants you to be as committed as the players are. And I, I love the message that he's sending out. Like, you know, he was wanting to get everybody fired up for a new era of Oklahoma Sooners football. What do you feel about kind of what he's out there promoting as a head coach, just really trying to get his, his fan base to, to buy in?
1: Well, I think they, well, first off, just generically, I think it's a good message. You should want the spring game to be a celebration. It's a big recruiting weekend, for Oklahoma, which maybe next week can be a catch-up with Parker Thune type of week and see what we missed on the recruiting side of things, but it's uh, obviously it is a big recruiting weekend for Oklahoma, and really sort of I've been to the spring game on Saturday. I know we've had obviously plenty of positive news along the way, and maybe somebody would counter back and say, "No, the the Venable's era started." He hopped off that jet over there at Max Westheimer Airport. To me. The spring game is the unofficial kickoff, or the official kickoff, I guess. If that was the unofficial kickoff, this is the official kickoff of the British era. So I, I understand why it's a big deal to him. He keeps uh, thinking about or thinking that in order to be member of the SEC, you got to do a spring game big like the Southeastern Conference members do. I don't know that Oklahoma. You know they they've got that set up to where the upper even not even going to be available. They, they, you know, not able in terms of food and beverage. So it's just lower bowl seating for the spring game. I don't think that they. I don't know. I mean, it would take some pretty special stances, John. I think to ever get to a point, even at Oklahoma, again, you're getting eighty-five thousand, and you've got the complete lower bowl filled, and you know, even have you know, kind of a peppering throughout the upper stance. But I think close to having the lower bowl pretty well packed.
0: Well, I think you got to think about what's going on in the spring along with spring football is all the stuff that everybody's kids are into. Like my kids got a soccer game at 10 o'clock on Saturday. So there's a lot of families that who might otherwise go to a game in the fall that may just not have the capability of going to a game in the spring because of all the extracurricular activities that they're involved in. So, but if you're available, if you're free, make sure you go pack the palace, Get out there for Brent Venables and the new Oklahoma Sooners, which we're going to talk about. There's a lot of new faces in Norman, a lot of returning faces as well. Who's a player on the offensive side of the football that you're most looking forward to watching, not named Dylan Gabriel? Because I think yeah, everybody's really looking forward to watching Dylan Gabriel this Saturday.
1: Yeah, that's that's the low-hanging fruit. And if I was to go with the quarterback today, that I'm pretty excited to see what Nick Evers looks like yeah. in the spring game. I think the number one offensive pick for me, though – who I'm most excited about and I think has a legitimate chance to be a serious playmaker for Oklahoma as soon as 2022. Come on, baby. It's Javante Ball, the young running back get after it.
0: Yeah. And I, and for me, it kind of goes in with that a little bit. And that's McCade hour along the offensive line, expected to factor in at left guard, just step right in and start uh, in place of Marquise Hayes, who went off to the NFL. I think if you can get at least the same level of play, uh, that you got from Hayes out of Mattower. I think it's going to help your offensive line. I think we're – I don't know if I'm the only one that's expecting this, but I'm expecting Tyrese Robinson – or sorry, not Tyrese – Anton Harrison, excuse me, and Andrew Rame and Chris Murray to kind of take a step forward in their play uh, this year. And if you can mm-hmm. add a guy like Matauer in there uh, with those three guys and then whoever ends up factoring in at right tackle, you have the makings of a pretty good offensive line. And that's where it's going to start for Oklahoma up front is – you know, With those guys up front, making sure the offensive line is solidified, it's steady, and it's better than it was a year ago. For, for all the things that went wrong at the quarterback position, some of those things were on the offensive line. Not all of them, because there were times where your quarterbacks were sitting back there with four or five seconds to throw the ball and not doing it. And the offensive line provided good pr- protection. Was it consistent? No. It needs to be more consistent this year. That's one of the things I'm really looking forward to watching on the offensive side is the offensive line. And in in particular, McCade Matower, because he comes in with, with high expectations, filling in for a guy who started a ton of games at left guard in Marquise Hayes, who's going to go off to the NFL, probably be picked in the first four rounds of the draft. Those are big shoes to fill, not impossible shoes to fill because he's not, he wasn't necessarily an, an all American guard every year, but if he can maintain that same level of play while the other guys on the offensive line that are returning can step their level of play up, that's going to be huge for the Oklahoma centers.
1: I think, you know, obviously we're going to talk, you know, defensive players that we're to here just a moment, but I think in general, you could probably handpick a bunch of different guys off either the offensive or defensive line and have a pretty solid pick for somebody that's really, really important to watch for the spring game. The spring game, to me, though, especially offensively, it's just it's about skill talent. I yeah. want to see some of these bright, shiny new toys that open. Again, Javante Barnes is the first name that came to mind. But how about the two widers, two that uh, you signed in this class in both Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson you got to commit and then sign late so both of those two guys again I just am am thinking about the skill positions for Oklahoma Barnes definitely has a chance to crack the rotation and get serious snaps at the running back position but again I think both Anderson and Gibson have a similar chance at wide receiver just given the fact that you lost Hazelwood you lost Mario Williams I mean there's there's receptions to be had for Oklahoma I, I feel good about what the first couple of receivers looks like for OU, but, you know, beyond that. And even though we, you know, saw really positive signs for Jaleel Farouk and the Valero Alamo bowl, that's just one performance, right? So to me, beyond, beyond uh, Marvin Mims and Weiss, you're kind of looking and saying, okay, who's, who's going to be some of these playmaking wide receivers and maybe Gibson and Anderson, as soon as this Saturday can show us, okay, hey, we're, we're here to make some plays.
0: And those are going to be two intriguing names to watch for sure. And if if anything else, it's going to give you a good glimpse of the future watching Nick Evers throw into Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson because that is the Oklahoma Sooners' future. You know, who knows how long Dylan Gabriel is going to be around, but as early as twenty twenty three, that could be your starting quarterback, a couple starting wide receivers as well. Uh, on the outside so definitely intriguing to watch we're going to talk defensive guys on the other side of the break when i talked to you about bet online bet online is the best place to get all your sports betting needs your stats and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs so you can bet the over you can parlay teams together you know pick every game in a given night pick the over unders in those nights Put them all together and you can win even bigger. Last night, I picked the, uh, the Mavs and the Utah Jazz to hit the over and they did well better than that. Now I missed on you know the, the Utah Jazz covering the spread as, as the Dallas Mavericks beat them, but you can you know that's why you go to bet online, get, get your information, get all the odds, figure out who the best teams are going be to be the bet on on a given night. Bet Online's got you covered over at betonline.net. That's where the game starts. And the NFL Draft, it's next Thursday, starting next Thursday. I love it. I'm so excited. I hope you are too. But hey, we got you covered for all your draft coverage here on the Locked On NFL Draft live coverage of the NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch the Odyssey and Locked On NFL mock draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. That's Locked On NFL Draft Live and the Odyssey NFL Mock Draft wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Josh, let's talk defensive players that we're looking forward to. I'll let you go and kick this one off first. Who's a defensive player that you're most excited to see on Saturday?
1: Well, I feel like we've we've seen a good bit of Danny Stutzman though. There's such high expectations now for him coming into 2022 that he's going to be a serious playmaker at linebacker for Oklahoma. So if you said Stutzman, I think that's a fine pick. I'm kind of just looking across the board though, at newcomers we just simply haven't seen somebody like Trey Morrison. I know we've talked about him in weeks past. He's somebody that comes to mind for me, but you know, linebackers a position group that I'm really, really intrigued to see how this plays out now with Brent Venables taking over. I know that that's, that's supposedly that's Ted Roof's bag, right? He's the one leading the linebackers, but we know Brent Venables has a big hand in that attraction as well for Oklahoma. So I want to see these young guys. I want to see Kobe McKenzie fly around a little bit. I want to see Kip Lewis, names like that.
0: Yeah, and we've seen a lot of Brent Venables' videos. If you're on social media and follow the Oklahoma Sooners, anywhere, Brent Venables has been out there coaching the linebackers in, at different points in time. And So he's going to have his hand, like you said, he's going to be the guy stirring the stirring the batter, making while Ted Roof might be making the cookies. Uh, Brent Venables is definitely adding some ingredients as well. Uh, those are really interesting names. The guy, one guy I'm really intrigued by is Billy Bowman. We've heard some really good things about him this this spring, and Brent Venables has made it a point to mention that he's going to stick at safety and just learn that position. And I think it's going to bode well for him to, to put him back there, allow him to use his athleticism and his range to, to be better in coverage maybe this year than last. Just hoping to see some improvement from what was kind of a rocky start to his Oklahoma Sooners career, really thrown into the fire as a true freshman right out of the gate, uh, starting games for the Oklahoma Sooners. And it's tough. Like it's tough as a true freshman to start at any position, but especially on the defensive side of the ball, when you're going up against guys that have been playing at the college level for several years now, it's just a different level of play. And uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing like what has he done to bring his game to another level. Because at safety, there's going to be opportunities for snaps. I think we fi- we figure Key Lawrence is going to play a lot of the box safety snaps that maybe Deller and Turner and Yale played. Uh, but then at free safety, you know Pat Fields is gone, DTY is gone. Maybe Justin Broyles factors in some there, but there's an opportunity for a guy like Billy Bowman to earn some significant playing time with this defense if he's able to prove that he's ready to take on that full-time role. So I think he's a guy that is going to be really fascinating to watch. I'm also looking forward to to seeing, like, can DJ Graham kind of bounce back from what was kind of an up-and-down year? I and many others projected him to really have a breakout season this last year, and it was just kind of a roller coaster ride. And I think we saw some of that in the Oregon game as well, where it just seemed like whether it was miscommunications or coverage breakdowns or what, but wide receivers were just running free down the sideline in the second half of that game. When that's the last thing you want to see happen when you have a big lead is guys get behind you. But um, he's, he's a guy, I think it's got a ton of talent. We saw him, you know, show that off in the Nebraska game with that incredible one handed interception, but it never seemed to kind of go from there to where he became as good as Woody Washington and, um, and I honestly, I thought he was going to take that step to becoming one of the better cornerbacks in the Big 12, if not in the country. And it just never materialized, but he's still got the talent. Can he? Can we see that materialize this year in 2022?
1: No doubt. Yeah. And I mean, we feel like DJ Graham's a starter for yeah. Oklahoma at cornerback. And we feel like probably Woody Washington is the other starting corner, but we need to see those guys look like veteran leaders. We need to see them look like veteran playmakers and Why not start right now as soon as this weekend in the spring game? You know, obviously Coach Jay Javali has been high on the rest of what his cornerback group looks like. I'm sort of hoping that, you know, one of these young guys that they've signed can make a splash here come Saturday and then move it into the fall because we we saw it a year ago. uh, You know, Woody Washington, you didn't have him for a long portion of the season. Not that that cornerback like, you know, other positions you could point to is – typically one where you just have a bunch of injury max that you have to deal with year after year, but more so because you kind of need the hot hand back in the defensive backfield. We definitely saw that with Oklahoma last season where, you know, whether it was Woody Washington being sidelined with an injury or DJ grant being a little bit up and down for Oklahoma or key Lawrence getting moved around here and there and looking really good at times. And then looking really lost, uh, you know, in other moments, it would be great for Oklahoma to find more options beyond just DJ Graham and Woody Washington. Again, I'm a sucker for newcomers. So if you said, Hey, Josh, throw a couple more names my way. I feel like I have a good grasp, even just from watching the, the one game Oklahoma played last year versus Tulane. I've got an idea of what Jeffrey Johnson's all about. Just the buildup to that game, watching him that day, make plays. Against Oklahoma. I'm excited to see him in person, but I'm more excited to see Jonah Laula because, again, he's a little bit more of the unknown for me. Comes to Oklahoma, really productive career at Hawaii, and Oklahoma needs more punch up front this season with the losses that they've had with Nick Benito and uh, obviously Perry on Winfrey and Isaiah Thomas. You, you need guys to emerge up front there. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do as well.
0: Yeah, Jonah's one of those guys that I'm really intrigued by as well. I think because of his ability to play inside and outside, that's going to bode well for the Sooners. He can kind of play that Isaiah Thomas role a little bit and and get on the field quite a bit. And Miguel Chavis was really, really high on him when he spoke to the media a few weeks ago, just talking about what he brought to the table. Uh, again, on the defensive line, another guy that I'm, I'm really intrigued by and, and looking forward to seeing just, I think the, the defensive end rotation in particular, just I'm curious about how is this all going to work? Because I feel like they've got, Four, maybe five guys that could factor into getting a lot of edge snaps in Ethan Downs, Reggie Grimes, Marcus Stripling, a guy like maybe Clayton Smith, who might be a linebacker, might be an edge player. It, it who knows what, how that's gonna play out. And then Jonah, like that's those are you got a, quite a few guys that can play off the edge for you. Um, and then you're not even talking about, you know, we're talking newcomers. You got R. Mason Thomas and Cavante Henry, guys they flip from Iowa State and Michigan, respectively. So a really interesting group of edge players there. Uh, you know, I think most people are expecting a breakout season from a guy like Ethan Downs, but we can't sleep on these other guys either. Reggie Grimes and Marcus Stripling had pretty good games against Oregon when they got extended runs. So a lot to be uh, curious about, and it's going to make for it. I think that's what is great about this spring game is because they're, they're involving a new system on both sides of the football, and we've got a lot of players returning that haven't had a ton of snaps, had not had a ton of opportunities. It's just really intriguing to see how it all fits together. Um, And I think that's going to be one of the great things about the spring game. Um, What's the thing you're most looking forward to kind of watching? What's the most important thing you think they need to come away with uh, out of this Saturday's game? Stay healthy. Yeah.
1: Stay healthy. I mean, that's, that's always the most important thing. I know boring cliche answer, but really for me in the spring game, that that's what I'm looking forward to show me, show me what all these different position groups, give me a nice, nice appetizer, but You know, don't spill that appetizer tray when you bring it to the table, right? Just stay healthy. Quarterback, obviously, I know that that was the the position. Don't pick Dylan Gabriel, right? Pick somebody other than Dylan Gabriel. I want to see what he looks like. I think it's important, you know, how well he's commanding this thing early on. That's important for Oklahoma, and it'll give us a good indication of sort of what the timeline looks like here for OU. Are we too far out in front of our skis with this idea that Oklahoma's going to recapture the big 12 championship or are we, I mean, like I think uh, is Oklahoma the clear cut favorite in the big 12 conference? And is Dylan Gabriel a big reason why Oklahoma is the clear cut favorite? We'll get maybe not the, the full glimpse at it, but we'll, we'll get an idea.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's important to recognize where Dylan Gabriel is at and to, and to see what he can do working with Marvin Mims and Theo Wees. Theo Wees is another guy. I think getting him back into game action that's really important for this team because outside of Marvin Mims, you don't really have a proven commodity. And But Theo Weiss is that because he did have a productive 2020 season. What's he going to look like in his first kind of full game action? That's, I mean, it's a simulated game, but still he's getting extended reps. He's going to play a, at least a series, maybe you know, who knows how many series he'll play. But getting him in there, running him 10 plays, 12 plays, 15 plays, letting him get his legs back under him, see where he's at that way he can head into the summer knowing what he's got to work on to get ready for a, a, the, the 2022 season because having him be the player that he was in 2020 is going to be very key to this team because we know Marvin Mims is going to pick up big yardage in the passing game as a deep threat we know that he can make some stuff happen in the, in the intermediate part of the field but you need a guy like Theo Weese and I think back to the Oklahoma State game back in uh, 2020, where he catches this ball. You know, it's like zero to five yards down the field, and he makes several guys miss and goes in for a touchdown. Like you need that guy that's going to be able to make guys miss in the short area part of the field and pick up easy chunk yards for your team. Jaden Hazelwood kind of was the guy that filled Theo Weese's spot a year ago, and he really wasn't ever that guy. He could make some plays, but he wasn't getting much more than what he got after he caught the ball, and so. I'm excited to see Theo they always come back. And I think you're right. Like seeing this team get out of the spring game healthy, make it through the spring healthy because it, by all accounts, we haven't heard of any major injuries to this team, which is huge to get through the spring practice. Yeah. Knock on wood. Um, knocked on my head there. Sorry, everybody. Um, but yeah, making sure you get through that and then get through the summer as well that way. And I think just showing a level of execution you've worked on so much, whether it's defensively, offensively, this spring, showing at least a, a, a good level of execution at times, I think is going to allow them to feel really good about where they're heading in the summer um, as they get ready to kind of take a break and then resume practices and workouts and all that. Um, just to have something positive to end on as they get ready to do that. I think it's going to be huge for this team.
1: You know what else I want to see in this spring game? I want to hear, uh, uh, well, I want to hear, I, I want to see what we've been hearing all about Show me some tempo. You're telling me, Jeff Levy, that this is your M.O. All right, well, let's see it here day one in the spring game. Get up and down. Run some plays. Move quickly. I I think a lot of fans, that would be a welcome sight for them to see Oklahoma be aggressive in that sense. I think fans are looking forward to it. And then just real quickly before we move on, you are so right on the money for mentioning Theo Weiss. That might be the most important thing from this spring game is just seeing him look like Theo Weiss again. I mean, that's so important. It can't be overstated for this football team, given at least what we know now in terms of returning production for the wide receiver room. They have got to have Theo Weese be Theo Weese from 2020. And actually John, they need Theo Weese to be better than Theo yeah. Weese, which he said as much. He they, they need a better version of Theo Weese from 2020.
0: And and I think they're gonna get that. I, I I just don't I feel like he's a really good fit in this offense. Because they run a lot of plays, which means they're going to run a lot of quick passing game uh, in this offense, and I think it's going to bode well for a guy like the O.E.s. All right, real quick, going to take another break. On the other side, let's talk about what Oklahoma softball has to do to rebound as they get ready to take on North Texas on Wednesday night. So, Josh, what does Oklahoma softball have to do to rebound from their first loss of the season against uh, the Texas Longhorns where had a you know a different a disappointing end to that three game series down in Austin.
1: Get Jocelyn Aldo and T.R.A. Jennings hitting again. The they, you know that top of the order just simply wasn't very good. Wasn't its uh, usual selves in the Texas series. So that's probably number one. Number one. I know that you know some folks will point to Jordy Ball got you know hit late there a little bit by Texas, but uh, you know those things are going to happen. And really, by and large, last season, Oklahoma, you know, before the postseason run, we kind of kept waiting for Oklahoma to truly find that dominant pitcher. And they were finding ways to win games by having to outscore their opposition a little bit. And when Oklahoma needed that in uh, the final game of the series on Saturday against Texas, they didn't get that. The, the bats went silent. So that would be number one, number one for me is just – Get your stars in terms of the batting order to be stars again, and Tra Jennings and Jocelyn Alllo.
0: Yeah, you can't have the top of the order go silent like they did in that series. I mean, I think we talked about it on uh, the Sunday night Monday show where the top three order went three for twenty eight in that three game series. So even though they run ruled Texas in the the third the Friday set, it, the top of the order still wasn't mm-hmm. what they are. Typically for this team, and so yeah, getting Tiara Jennings, getting Jocelyn Alo, getting Grace Lyons back to uh, a, a reasonable level of production. They might not hit the highs that they were hitting just a couple of weeks ago, but at least you know getting on base, putting putting people in scoring position, hitting runners in scoring position, getting them across the plate. Like it's important that this team is balanced, and they they play some more balanced games because yes, Jordy Balls has been great; she's been phenomenal. Do you really want to ex- like rely on that? maintaining throughout the rest of the college softball season it's possible it can that she can maintain that same level of dominance at times uh, for this team but like we saw on, te- on on saturday against texas like she's a true freshman she's going to get hit at times she's done a really good job at battling around some jams there are going to be times where she's not going to be able to do that and you got to pick her up a little bit and and they've done a good job at, the, uh, at that in certain games this season on saturday against texas it just kind of went silent and it was kind of a a small picture of what that series had looked like. The only difference was that on Friday night, you got a big game from Melissa Brito and the bottom half of the order. The Oklahoma Sooners got to get that top half of the order going, but it's like Patty Gasso said, they're not here for wins or for records. They're here for championships. And so I think they're going to be all right. They got the right mentality. They got the right mindset. They know what it takes to win a championship. And so I think they're going to be able to bounce back, obviously against a team like North Texas. It's going to be pretty much outmatched but it'll be important to see them look good and and have some consistency up and down the order. I think,
1: you know, a coach is never publicly going to come out typically and say, yeah, that was a good loss for us. And generally speaking, I don't subscribe to the, you need to lose to get better theory. I, I just, you know, I, why not just win every game and get better in the process and, you know, identify some of the things that you could be better at and not have to lose in order to do that. But for whatever reason, we see it all the time in sports. A lot of times it is that, that loss that kind of kick that kicks kick things in that positive direction again. And obviously for Oklahoma, they're hoping that this uh, loss to their arch rival in Texas can be that for them. And secretly, again, though I don't think we'll ever hear Paddy say this, I do think there's a part of Paddy that's maybe a little bit relieved that they don't have to deal with uh, all of the nonsense and the hoopla from you and I and everybody else about the unbeaten perfect season. It's probably a, – a, well, and yours truly is guilty as well. It's probably a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Probably didn't want to lose to Texas, but uh, all things considered – you know, I don't think she's totally upset that this happened now instead of
0: later. Yeah, and it's like we've talked about several times on this show over the last couple months. It's it's really hard to go undefeated, and it was probably really unlikely that it was going to happen. It's just hard to do that in whether it's baseball or softball. You just don't ever see that happen because a pitcher can get hot like Texas's did on on Saturday. So. It is what it is. They still won the series. They got a big you know, you know, know, three-game series against Iowa State coming up on the weekend uh, back in Norman. You're going to have more thing there, Josh.
1: We haven't seen it in the National Football League since the Miami Dolphins. We haven't seen it in college basketball since, what, the 70s or the 80s, whatever it was with the Indiana Hoosiers. Teams typically don't go undefeated. We thought maybe we were going to see it not too awfully long ago with the Kentucky Wildcats, but then Wisconsin had something to say about that, so – you know, I, I certainly thought this Oklahoma softball team, you know, crazy as it may be, I thought they were good enough to do that. But uh, we've we've learned in the process. Yeah, that just it doesn't happen a lot of times in sports. That's
0: right. It's 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 hard to stay perfect. It just really is no matter what uh, you hear from uh, was the movie at Friday Night Lights when uh, they'd say be perfect. And like, It's impossible to be perfect. But anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking us out on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you get your podcasts. are free and available on all platforms. Make sure you subscribe to the show over on YouTube as well and let us know how you feel about Oklahoma softball. What are you looking forward to most in spring game? We're excited about it too. I know you are. We're going to continue to talk about spring game as the week rolls on. Baker Mayfield statue, that's coming up. So that's exciting news as well. So make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. For Josh Helmer, I'm John Williams. We'll check you next time. Boomer Sooner.